Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. So Chris, um, it's so great to have you here today uh, on our weekly uh, podcast. Um, and I loved the conversation that we had before the show. And for our listeners, the conversation was so good that we decided to postpone our normal, <laughs> our planned topic for this new topic. Yeah. And, and I can't help but give context that I would be so interested in without being specific in a way that would be harmful if I were a listener that you and I are partners and we serve together. Uh, and then we also have people that come to us individually. And uh, I had an experience that I hadn't really had. And I'm telling you about it before we hit record. And you're like, you know, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know that and guy. I, yeah. <laughs> you had an exchange with him and it was kind of a similar thing, like a lot of early enthusiasm and then the flakiness. And so, yes, it happened. And we're here to do an episode yeah. on ghosting. Yeah. Yeah. So as salespeople, We've all had the situation. I'm, I'm just trying to think of all the examples of where I've experienced ghosting. So, you know, you're talking to somebody and and uh, they tell you they're going to let you know, right? And and as a sales guy, um, you're either too busy or not thoughtful enough or just dumb enough to say, okay, fine. And you don't hold, you don't book the call, right? We'll let you know, and you accept that as a as a uh, as a next step, or you make the mistake of sending the email through email, you send your proposal and you say, okay, get back to me when you, when you rock and roll. Um, anytime I don't, you think you tell me, Chris, what other times do clients make commitments and then not follow up? Yeah. I, you know, it, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't happen to the point that, I've been in a place where I've gotten as aware and sophisticated as in the approach as you have. And, and even now, the way you just said that, you know, you didn't book the next call or you sent them the proposal with the email. Um, and I think for a lot of people, there is an approach that gets, it's like running a race. You get right to the end. You could cross the finish line, but you just cut to the left or the right. And you're like, ah, I, I did a good thing, but you didn't finish. And uh, what our conversation before elucidated was what I could have done better to, to run through the tape. Um, but it's going to happen. And as we're talking about this, this is actually coming to my mind. One of the coaches this week was texting me because they were ghosted for the first time ever. Mm. Um, and so we know it happens. And that's what we're going to dive into today. 
Right, right. And and it, by the way, gang, it happens to everybody. It happens to me. It happens to you, Chris. It, 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 it will happen forever. Why? Because sales is a game of probability. The goal is to win more than you lose and win bigger and lose smaller over time. But you're never going to do it perfectly. You're never going to win all the time. And one of the things I had to kind of relearn recently is that, you know, even though somebody goes through a sales process with you and you're willing to sit with them, walk with them through that process, it doesn't mean, and let's say they don't buy from you. It doesn't mean you lost a deal if it was never a deal to begin with, if you were talking to somebody who really you shouldn't have been talking to. So, you know, it's, it's, yes, you technically lost the deal, but it was somebody you should have been talking to. They weren't qualified. They weren't in your wheelhouse. You went out on a limb for whatever reason, uh, but no need to beat yourself up. Just take the lesson and say, look, next time I'll be more, I mean, be more vigilant about who I spend my time with. And I think it's I it. for, for me, it's about who you spend your time with and how you spend your time because the tactics like, um, you know, would you like to see a proposal? Yes, I would. The decision to email it versus scheduling a time to review it in front of them. We can learn that. And those are nice tactics. I mean, there are things that you have to do, but they're not the answer to the question. Why do people ghost me? Why is it so easy for people to basically lie to me, to my face over the phone during a sales call? And then why is it so easy for me to believe it when I, when I hear it? Yeah. Well, the answer that I want to say based on the wins model, we're doing this live, man. So upgrade me as needed is that there wasn't a process calling out the next step of commitment that they were making based on their own choice, that you were laying out for them what is their next step of commitment. And, and, and if you skip over any part of that process of commitment, you get into the shadows. And as you say about the shadows, you know, right. Right. That's we don't where want to be there. We, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're, then we're we flying blind. We get it. Yeah, and we don't want we don't want people hiding in the shadows. So what do we yeah. do as salespeople? We have to turn on the light. We have to not allow them to hide. So yeah. where do people hide? They hide in in their ability to give you a general answer, a non-specific answer, and then your willingness. And when I say you, I don't mean you, Chris. I mean anybody, or even but it me, was true in this situation. Your or our <laughs> willingness to believe them, to accept it. So, you know, your, your kid walks in the house with mud all over their face and hands and shoes. And you're like, what were you doing? And the guy's like, your kid's like nothing. Uh, and you just let him go back up. You go, let him go upstairs and, you know, wash up and do his thing. But it's like, okay, did you really give a shit? I mean, of course you could have asked just two or three more questions and got down to the detail, but you obviously didn't care at that point. So don't, don't <laughs> you know, don't uh, be yeah. upset when you later find out, you know, he was digging up all those prize winning orchids that your wife just planted. Right. Yeah. Or that you just planted. Yeah. Um, same thing with, with, um, with our prospects, right. We're at, we ask high level questions and you've heard the phrase happy ears. We turn on the happy ears and we choose to just accept that high level answer and move on. 
instead of thinking about the quality of the answer, and to your point, Chris, the quality of the commitment that we have now a chance to receive from that prospect. Yeah. Well, even as we're talking through this, this idea of this quality of the commitment, uh, I wrote down like three mindsets that are really powerful in this moment. Um, so we can, if, if, if we remember and want to, we can hit those, but I'll, uh, you know, I think for the listeners understand what I can diagnose now after our conversation, before we hit record that, you know, reminded me of what I missed and I'd been playing it over in my head the last few days and I wasn't sure what I'd missed. Um, but this made it so clear. What happens was it was so much momentum to go to wins. It was so much momentum through wants and impacts. And then the need got fuzzy on my end because they were excited and said, yes. And rather than exploring need more and then, and pausing their enthusiasm, man, I should have done that. I'm all, this is like fireworks in my head right now. I should have paused their enthusiasm. Dude, this is like the stuff, man. This is where you, where you really refine the approach and unlearn and learn. Um, but rather than doing that, I went with the enthusiasm and hey, we're going to let you know today or tomorrow. Great. All right, cool. And I never said, okay, I'll, I was fuzzy on needs. I still could have got back on track by saying, okay, I'll expect to hear from you today or tomorrow. If I don't, I'll follow up. Uh, or I could have said, if it was a bigger deal, um, hey, I appreciate your enthusiasm. What if we set up 15 minutes to check in tomorrow and you know whatever questions you've got to get answered between now and then, we can revisit. Again, not leaving it open-ended. So I got fuzzy on needs. I got open-ended on the committed next step they were taking. How am I doing? You're doing great. And uh, just to, to address the last thing you mentioned first, what could you have done? What questions could you have asked or things could you have said to, to gain a stronger commitment from them? So another question is, is there any reason, can you imagine any reason why you wouldn't be able to get back to me tomorrow? Yeah. Dang right. That's really good. Make them think about it. Right. Because again, what we're protecting ourselves from is the standard blow off. Let me think about it and get back to you. Now, a, a um, seasoned salesperson who has gone through training and been through practice and coached and so forth. When somebody says, let me think about it and get back to you, what they would, what they would follow up with is what else is there to think about? Mm hmm. Before you hang up, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What else is there to think about? Yeah. Honestly. Now, they might say, they might say, well, you know what? I'm not really sure I can make a decision right now. Well, then let's talk about that because I don't want to send you away not having the information you need to make a decision. And by the way, I wonder if we couldn't just spend another half hour, 25 minutes on the phone address the questions you have and allow you to get to a go or no go decision. So one of the things that I try to do when I speak with anybody, and I just got off the phone with a CEO and uh, her COO today. And when I met her, it was 
about 10 days ago. This was the third phone call. And the first phone call, I said, look, this is my objective. My objective is to spend enough time with you to understand where you are, where you want to be, and to present you with a, uh, a recommendation so you can make a go, no-go decision while we're on the phone together, mm. right? So we're not wasting time. Now, the first conversation was was 15 minutes. It was get to know you, and is it worthwhile scheduling a call? She said, yes. I said, great. And that's when I told her, here's my objective for the next meeting. Go, no, go decision. We had the meeting. It was an hour long. And it really was more of an opportunity for her to um, express herself and for me to ask some great, great questions and then get to the point where, well, before I can give you a recommendation, I'm really going to need this data from you. And she said, well, that's my COO. So she said, why don't we schedule a meeting? And within two days, that was Wednesday, this third meeting was today, we had that meeting with the CEO and I got the data, got the information, was able to articulate all the challenges they face that we can address. I was able to articulate for them uh, the solution that I'm going to recommend. And uh, I could not give them a price, but I gave them a range. And we scheduled a call for now Monday afternoon to present the proposal. But what I'm able to do is anticipate the reason why they would say, let me, let me think about it by addressing it up front and saying, look, here's my objective. I want to get you to a go, no-go decision while we're on the phone. Make it easy, save you time, not waste any more of your time. It, that's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's such a reminder that you can't, you have to stay vigilant to the process because this was relative to the sizes of deals this was very small relative to the scope of you know companies we help this was small and and i'm not saying that that i treated them less than in any way because i didn't i'm going to give them my best just like i would anybody but i did not stay as committed to the process right and uh yeah we're I was going to say, we're throwing out gold. You're throwing out gold. Um, well, hey, so Chris, let me, let me just say one other thing too, for everybody. I appreciate your enthusiasm around this. Um, let me, let me, maybe it would help to say, look, it's not just about the process. Let's go back to your point about mindset. Mm. You know, it's about the mindset, right? And so when you, when you think about, you have to think about the mindset that you have to have as a, salesperson and a servant leader, by the way, a salesperson who is a servant leader is what we call a growth multiplier, right? Um, if you're showing up that way, one of the first elements of your mindset that you have to have is this healthy skepticism. So any coach, when they're working with somebody or any therapist, and I don't want to compare coaches and therapists because a therapist is licensed, a coach isn't, but when you think about working with a life coach or a sales coach or whatever it is, their job is not to believe your bullshit. Yeah. Their job is to approach everything you say with a healthy dose of skepticism so they can dig in and find the truth. They're not there to allow you to continue to lie to yourself and to them. They're there to get to uh, the truth and elevate your level of awareness, self-awareness. In the same way as a salesperson who is leading a buying cycle, must do. So we have to, we have to come to with a healthy level of skepticism, 
and match it with an appropriate level of pushback. And when I say appropriate, I mean we don't want to piss somebody off, right? It has to be it has to be appropriate to the relationship you built with this individual. And it also has to be at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, when you when you find a want, let's say that somebody says, well, we want to uh, double our revenue. And, and that might be good enough for most people, right? Especially if you're helping them build their organization. That's a big want. You've got to now address that with some skepticism. Okay, but is it is it big enough to warrant you changing to the point where you buy my stuff and actually go through my process? So I have to also be thinking about, okay, I got to test this. How do I push back? So I might just push back as, with something as simple as, is that all? Is there anything else? Or with another why question, tell me why a million bucks or tell me why doubling your revenue is, is magic for you. And tell me, and, and, and you might even, you might even um, go through, great, double your revenue, what would be the impact? And then when you say what's missing, needs, you could drill down on that. Are you sure that this need, is this need really holding you back from doubling your revenue? Are you sure? How does that work? Yeah, I'm, I'm writing <laughs> the, uh, the, are you sure? Yeah. I, I've seen you do this so many times in, in a good way and I love it. And it's just, just powerful, man. It's powerful. It's, and, and for me, I totally agree. Mindset being deeper than process. Another way you could language it would be having a process mindset is key. Uh, but what I kind of took away from myself from this situation, um, even before we talked, were, were two mindsets. Uh, and then as we talked, a third mindset. So mindset one, not that I'm saying it's the best one or the foundational one, but like, hey, you know what? They may have had something come up. Our call ended and, and something could have changed for them authentically. I want them to feel supported in that. And I don't want them to feel uh, like there's some oppositional energy from me to them. You know, why didn't you get back with me? I want to be a good human, gracious and understanding. I can't be as gracious and understanding as I want to be though, because I did not honor the process and have them Mm. committed to the next step in a way that it would remove the shadows, but at least that's a mindset that I'm having. Like, okay, yeah. timing can change. And, and I, you know, if it's not a good time for them, I don't want to work with them. The second mindset would be if they're just being kind of shitty, uh, Hey, I, I, I love who I get to work with and why, because you work with great people and they referring great people. Maybe I wouldn't want them as a client. So more of an abundant mindset, right? And so you got kind of like this generous mindset. You got this abundant mindset. And then as we talked before we even hit record, which changed the point of today's episode, it was like, yeah. And there's also a process mindset here. And, and I, I figured that, and I didn't even know we would be talking about this before we hit record. Uh, it wasn't even part of our plan to even meet on it in any way. Um, but I figured like, okay, there was something I had to have done wrong or I could have done better. And there is. And, and it's, 
being true to what it means to not allow any shadows bullshit to happen. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, we don't have to power up and be too aggressive. We meet them where they are, the relationship, the time we've invested, but we're taking them along on a journey. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so with clarity. Yes. Yeah. I love the, I love the summarization. The, um, the thing that I don't want people to leave without is this idea of, well, because they might be thinking, well, what gives me the right to push back? You know, what gives me the agency to question what someone is saying? Isn't that rude? I mean, isn't that presumptuous? Um, that takes us back to other mindsets, Chris, right? Most importantly, the servant leader mindset, which is you are here as a salesperson, right? Let's go back to review some stuff, right? People buy when they're ready, willing, and able to change. That is our core mantra. People buy when they're ready, willing, and able to change. The WINS model is designed to move, to move them through that process of being ready, willing, and able. We sell when we're ready, willing, and able to lead buyers to change. So our responsibility now is to lead someone to change. Now, change is scary. People resist change. which is, So don't take it personally. They're not resisting you. They're resisting the idea of change. So what is your responsibility as a leader? Your, your responsibility is to, is, to, is to demonstrate a mastery of change. As a salesperson, because you do this full-time, all the time, all day, every day, you are an expert in helping people navigate the path to change. So demonstrate your expertise. Now, that's mm -hmm. the leadership component. What's the service component? Well, you're serving a shared goal, right? When, if, if you help companies double their revenue, if that's one of the things you can do, and they want to double their revenue, boom, you've identified a shared goal. So now every time you exercise your skepticism and push back, they've given you the right to do that. They've given you agency to do that because you're now helping them achieve the goal that they expressed to you that was so important. And then, of course, they articulated the impact of success, failure, or doing nothing. And then, of course, they told you what was missing or holding them back. All this information is adding up to describe the problem that they face, right? The win equals the problem. And now your job is to help them solve that problem. So by virtue of them asking you for your help, it's your obligation to give them the help and to be the best version of yourself that you can be, which means if they are, if they are lying to you, then they're lying to themselves. Have you ever gotten on the phone with somebody who reached out to you to talk and then as soon as you start talking about the challenges they have, they start with, you know what? Everything's really working really, really well. We have no challenges. Every time you try to probe, every time you, you, re you reach for something, they're like, yeah, that's good too. That's good too. You know, I had a, I had a client once recently. He actually was trying to figure out during a delivery, during the delivery process, why we were so focused on sales process. And he was really resistant to the process until he could justify it this way. Oh, I see what you're saying, James. It's not that we're doing anything wrong. You're just helping us build our process for scalability. Like it was so important for him that, that he not have something to learn, that he not be wrong, that he, 
He couldn't continue with me until he found a way to justify in his own mind that what we were, we were, what we were doing wasn't fixing something that he broke. We were taking it to a level that he hadn't taken it to yet. So for some reason now he wasn't culpable. And of course, at that moment, that's when the coaching has to stop and we have to have a gut check, right? Because we can't continue. But we run into that situation in sales all the time. And if you don't address it with some authority and some confidence and some pushback, then you're just going to be consistently wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that. Um, Man, this has been live and on the air coaching. (laughs) Freaking awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm better. I'm better for it. I'm better right. for it. It's good. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot too. I think the thing I'd summarize with is, look, if you guys are getting commitments from clients that aren't holding true, um, there are tactics you can use to get better commitments when you ask for them. But the real challenge is not just in the asking. It's in the preparation ahead of time. Are you identifying truly the most motivating elements of their buying cycle or their their buying process? Are you pushing back and testing them? Uh, are you digging deep enough? Because it's the it's their anticipation of your solution that should be creating the, moment, the momentum for the next meetings. And if they're blowing you off, yeah, you could have maybe used a closing technique that got you, that maybe would impress your boss or somebody else. But if they're, if they're blowing you off, it's, it's because you didn't elevate uh, the change that they sought to a high enough level of priority to create the momentum in the process. Your gift wasn't interesting enough to them to continue with you. So it's, a, it's an issue with the questions you're asking and the pushback that you're providing and the leadership that you're providing that really needs investigation. And we, and we learn by doing, and that yeah. learning is painful. Yeah. Lead for, for all of us. So that they're, all us. so they're anticipating that next, and, and we do it with servant leaders mindset because it's a shared path and we're not taking them somewhere they don't want to go. Yeah. 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 Dude. High five. Great conversation, man. We'll do We'll do this again. That would be awesome. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace.